Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. My only Nita. There's something out there. movie would have been it would have achieved greatness yeah if it had done that nobody's gonna be like well they didn't they didn't conjugate that verb well you know <laughs> right yeah look at this first broken bone and my my healing factor doesn't work anymore so oh no i uh i, I didn't watch the whole thing in comanche i wanted to see what it looked like uh somebody recommended that you do watch it in comanche because the dialogue is a little bit more subtle hello and welcome to max and jason watch a movie i'm jason and I'm Max, and tonight we will be reviewing Prey, the latest installment in the Predator, I suppose Aliens, universe, starring Amber Midthunder as Naru, Dakota Beavers as Tabe, Dana, I'm sorry, Dane Deliegro as Predator, as the Predator, Stormy Kip as Wasape, Michelle Thrush as Aruka, Julian Black Antelope as Chief Kehitatu, I mess this up every time I try and say it, Chief Kehitatu, Stephanie Mathias as Sumu, Bennett Taylor as Raphael, Mike Patterson as Big Beard, Nelson Lease as Waxed Mustache, Timon Carter as Hoopy, Sky Pelletier as Taboo, Harlan Blaine Kiwat, Kiwahat as Itsy, Corvin Mack as Paka, Samuel Marty as Pui, and Ginger Cattleman as the Disapproving Woman, and Coco as Sari. Coco is the amazingly handsome dog in this movie. Audience, it's been, well, it's been since 2018, 2018, since we've had a Predator movie, and that last one was yes. directed by Shane Black. This one is directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Yes. And Dan Trachtenberg has a, a pretty amazing CV. He did Tin Cloverfield Lane, and that which is an amazing science fiction film, and he He's 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 I think he's a director to watch out for audience and let's see what's his what's his director oh he's he's gonna do Waterworld the TV series which is a daring move on his part Prey the Lost Symbol I don't know what that's about he's done some episodes of The Boys he did Black Mirror a few episodes of that Tin Cloverfield Lane is probably the big standout directorial thing that he's done but he's somebody that everybody talks about and and when you see Tin Cloverfield Lane you definitely see why Jason have you heard anything about Dan Trachtenberg no really I haven't because I actually didn't see 10 Cloverfield Lane. Now, I, I did watch Black Mirror, the show, but not the episode that he directed. Okay, okay. I, I came into this rather unfamiliar with his work because, I mean, even the boys, I, I got first season watch, but then I but then I kind of fell off. So I don't know how many of those 
directed. So this might have been my first uh, exposure to his style. Okay, okay. Audience, I'm going to, I'm almost always going to see anything with John Goodman in it. And Tim Cloverfield Lane has John Goodman. And who else? Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite actresses right now, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's amazing in it. So, uh, and John Goodman is amazing in everything all the time. So, audience, John Goodman, this is off topic, but John Goodman is Al Pacino's favorite actor. So go see anything with John Goodman. But back to the movie at hand, it's been a couple years, uh, a few years, four years or so since we've had Predator film that was not well received, by the way. I like, I like, no, it I like the Predator, but it's, it is Shane Black and it is entirely, it's almost, it's so tongue in cheek, right? Which is strange because Shane Black was in the very first Predator. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he, he, inst instead of going the route uh, that they took with Arnold, he, he definitely crafted a film that was much more tongue in cheek. So I, I enjoy it, but not everybody does. And before that we had, oh, I thought that's interesting, Predators uh, with Adrian Brody and Lawrence Fishburne and a few other actors which i thought for some reason was directed by robert rodriguez but it wasn't that's interesting maybe it was produced by him anyway looking on imdb right now that rates a, that average is a 6.4 so that's not that's that's okay yeah. i guess for imdb yeah now the problem i have with predators which should have been it had all the potential they, they take a bunch of humans and put them on a game planet a game preserved planet and really leaning into the science fiction aspect of it uh should have been great but it is so derivative of the first Predator film that yeah. it's it's impossible not to notice how how much it it hues to the to the motifs and the action beats of the first Predator film. Anything you want to say about the previous Predator installments before getting here? Well, see, that's actually a very interesting statement that you just made, though, because the thing about the 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 Predator creature uh, or that race, it, it's very difficult to craft stories that. I mean, this is also true of the Alien series, though, as well. Yeah. Because you know, at some point you have to have a situation where, like in the Alien series, where the alien is is out and no one can find it, and it's just and it's it, and it becomes a slasher movie and it's just knocking everybody off. Mm -hmm. um, the the first Predator film was a lot like that. I mean, that's one of the things that the Predator movies and the Alien movies have in common is you usually have these people who suddenly get in this situation where they're at the mercy of these creatures and the 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 their ability to survive is in question throughout the film. And that's what keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's kind of difficult to go much beyond that with either of these of these series. You know, there are sequels that do it well, but many of them are derivative, including the Aliens versus Predator movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, How many of those did they make? Say what? How many of those did they make? Given their quality, uh, too many is where I'm going to land on that. Sorry, I said that just as Jason was taking a drink, audience, and I almost caused a, <laughs> another accident. So, yeah, so for me, the trick is to take the Predator to a, an interesting setting, right, yeah. and create somebody compelling for us to attach to. Because, you know, the Predator film like the alien film is kind of like a good western i'm i'm game for revisiting the 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 show if you're going to give me if you're not going to give me something wildly different give me something good that yeah. does things that the original film did well without doing those exact things right but but you have to give me some character that i like to to attach to yeah and yeah and so that brings us to ray which purports to be the first instance of the predator coming to earth yeah it 
it is a prequel taking place in the year 1719, I believe. I, I think so. I think so. It takes yeah. place in the, in the Great Plains of the United States before the states were united or there were even states in some places. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming that this would be what later would be called the Louisiana Territory or the Louisiana Purchase, uh, because we discover in this film that there are Frenchmen about. Yes. Now, there's going to be something that comes up, and I'll bring it up then, that is ahistorical, and it's worth mentioning because it's kind of an interesting thing. But if it's derivative at all, it's it's almost it almost begins like Pocahontas. Do you remember Pocahontas, the Disney film? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Audience, uh, I will refrain from singing any of the music from Pocahontas. I'm, I'm, Pocahontas is. I know it's not a, a great film necessarily. I know it probably. I know it's almost certainly bound to be problematic for many listeners. But man, I love Pocahontas. But the, this film begins like Pocahontas, and that we focus on our heroine kind of going about the day in the life of her tribe she is a comanche right yes there's some really nice establishing shots of the time and of the area right the opening scene almost has a little bit of naturalistic feel to it we see some wildlife we see the big sky horizons it, it it's it's setting the scene really well i think you know just kind of giving us this landscape that we're going to be playing <laughs> for the rest of the movie. And the location shooting is it is is wonderful because because we do get some of the big vistas, you know, of the the skies in the background in terms of how everything is framed. That happens several times in the movie. Absolutely. No. And so it is very similar to what grounded the first predator. Yeah. That location shooting that that establishing a place and totally, yeah. Yeah. And so 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 Trachtenberg has has imitated, I guess you would say, the first film uh, in a great way, right? And this actually hurt. I didn't know it at the time because I'd never been to L.A. But that that sort of even even though I hadn't been, I could tell a lot of Predator Two was shot on a on a on a studio lot. It seemed like, right? Yeah, yeah. And and an audience, I like Predator Two, and I will bring up Predator Two again later on in this movie because it's kind of important. Actually, did you catch the Predator Two reference, Jason? I don't think. That I did well. I'll bring it up later. Yeah, but but Predator Two suffers in a couple of ways. Not many, not many, but it, it suffers in its predictions for what LA was going to look like in 1997, and and everything looks like it's on a studio lot. But otherwise, I, I think Predator Two is a fairly worthy entry into the Predator canon. It is the movie that established that the Predator and Alien universe was connected. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. This film does a good job of establishing its place and establishing right away what kind of character our hero, Naru, played, I want to just say this right now, played brilliantly by Amber Mid-Thunder. I was immediately captivated by, by Naru and, and the, the Comanche way of life. I, I was really interested in just seeing how these people move through their scenery. I, I like the way this film established them. You know, I, I was the very definition of mixed because there's two things. One, there's a lot of the depictions of the life of the Comanche in, uh, uh, in that is very accurate. The producers and, and the director were definitely very interested in trying to make everything as, as correct to the period as possible. There's even a scene where she's brushing her teeth. 
Yeah. And uh, yes. And as far as as far as the depiction of the life of the people, I and and actually uh, uh, when Max and I were talking before we started um, started podcasting, we were talking a little bit about about the the language and how there is audience that there is a version of the movie that is dubbed in Comanche where they actually speak in Comanche. They originally thought about doing that. Uh, I think that they had thrown around the idea of making the movie in Comanche, maybe even with subtitles. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I do know that they specifically were wanting to do what I think was it John McTiernan? Uh, yes. Yeah. I just read this today too. Go on. Yeah. Uh, which he'd used twice. He used in the hunt for red October and the 13th warrior where, uh, um, uh, the, the, the character, that. yeah, the characters speaking in their, in their own language. And then there's kind of the camera pans in and then suddenly they're speaking in English. And what we're supposed to take from that is that they're not really speaking in English. They're actually speaking in their own language, but we hear them in English. They decided not to do that. They decided to just, to just basically film a, an English script. I'm not sure that was the right decision. I could entertain arguments for all different kinds of approaches the McKiernan approach. I know that they just, when I read to, I read today that they could not figure out why they didn't want to just lean into the McTiernan focus. And so yeah. I, this is the equivalent of what Marvel Comics used to do when somebody would be speaking in a uh, non-English language, a foreign language, uh, where they would put carrots on the outside of, of the words. And it was just like they're speaking and they would have a little, uh, so there would be carrots and then there would be an asterisk after the first instance of this in the comic book. And in the little text box, they would be like person speaking in X language. And that's basically what McTiernan does in Hunt for Red October, right? Um, but just with a camera move. And not only did they go from Russian in the Hunt for Red October, but they also went to a Scottish accent for Sean Connery. But I could have I could listen to arguments that would have just been like, let's do all of the Comanche stuff in Comanche and not even bother translating. I think that might be a fun approach. Uh, but I don't mind reading subtitles. So I I would not have minded reading all of their stuff in Comanche. Now, going the other way, though, I don't think any of these people are native Comanche speakers. I don't think they speak Comanche, you know, so maybe that wouldn't have worked with this cast. I, well, I, see, and I understand, I understand the logistics of it. I also I also struggled about saying what I just said. And the reason I struggled with it is because I felt like that the delivery of a lot of the lines, the, the English delivery of a lot of the lines was was very modern. The, the, and 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 part of me felt like, well, but you know, really that's what film is. What you know, when 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 a film is made and when when actors play play a part. What they're really doing is they're bringing their modern selves into these roles, and if and if it's people from a long time ago, you know, they're they're providing these characters to us yep. through through the lens that we will that we will recognize. And so um, I tried to get past that. Like for example, um, the uh, the banter between Naru and her brother was very much the kind of banter that you would that you would hear between a brother and sister today. Yeah. In in. Um, it, it, and you know, it's an interaction that has happened thousands of times across cultures and 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 throughout history. But I couldn't help but feel that there there was something there was something not right about the feel of the dialogue that that actually need it needed the native language. This film needed the native language to give it a real serious kind of 
floor to it, basically. Okay. And and I felt I really struggled with feeling like that that was there. And and it's it's not the fault of any of of the actors. I mean, I, I guess I won't even say it's necessarily the fault of Dan Trachtenberg in that this is what they. They, they decided that they had to go with. But I had a very, but I felt like going into this movie because audience, this is a prequel. This is the first time the Predator comes to Earth uh, and, and the Predator is going to run into, you know, so, so what, this is, almost 300 years uh, before um, they come and have to face Arnold and and, and the, uh, the the special forces. Um, and so it's really a fascinating idea. And I kind of felt like that the film does a very good job of giving us all of the trappings of the time, the, 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 the weaponry that, that everyone has in the film, the, the, um, the way that they live, the, the, the cultural traditions, all of that is 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 pretty accurate. I I actually I did not like the English and and and, and we'll get into this later. I think that it, it, it that it brings logistical problems later. Um, and, but we'll get into that. So I guess I'll come back to this a couple times uh, as we continue talking. Now I didn't mind this at all. This didn't even affect any of my viewing and audience. I just may preview my verdict a little bit after I watched this. Pray I turned around and watched it again right away. Um, but it didn't bother me. And I'm going to offer a counter example. Well, not a counter counter example, but I want to talk about the banter and kind of the friendly ways and the kind of almost modern way in which some of the dialogue between these characters happens. And it reminds me a little bit of some of the playful banter in Apocalypto before everything goes shitsville in Apocalypto. The way that the way that the characters were quite funny, and you could almost find these people in any time period. The, and, I, and I think that's what they're shooting for. Yeah, yeah. But Apocalypto is is another period a fairly period accurate piece in terms of dialogue and in terms of uh, but they went ahead in Apocalypto I know that Mel Gibson I mean that, that none of that's in English none of the I don't think of the film is in English at all right and so would it have bothered you less the more that that almost modern feel of the dialogue and the interaction if it had been in if they just shot it in Comanche and gave us subtitles I don't think I would I I don't yeah it's not the dialogue that bothers me it's not yeah I mean I I, I mean maybe I gave the wrong impression it's not the interaction action because, yeah. I, because I like that like the whole idea that you know people are people no matter where they live you know humans interact with each other in similar ways with just some differences pretty much everywhere you go it, it's just I just I didn't feel like that using English served the um I don't want to say the tone but there was um there was something that was lost okay and I and I can't even, I, I, I'm having a hard time explaining uh, or f- thinking of the work because I want to say that there was a certain gravity that was lost, but I don't know if I, I want to do that. I don't, I think that's the word you're after. I actually think that that's the word you're after. And I think that you might be onto something. And like I said, I said earlier that it didn't bother me, but I could see how it would, I could see how that another word we might grasp after or use in this situation is authenticity. Yeah. You know, like I think that modern audiences could have tolerated reading the subtitles and i think that it would have i think that it might have added a little gravity to the film not that the film needs much gravity added to it i think it's a fairly straightforward semi-serious action film right yes it is it is it is and so so but you might have gotten that that you use the word flooring i think that realistic grounding that some action films really benefit from and there's an argument to be made for just saying well, why don't we just shoot why don't we just shoot it in Comanche and the thing that and uh, and in, in, in an argument that could be used in your 
your favor is even though these aren't native Comanche speakers, most American ears aren't going to notice that it's not perfect Comanche. And they do try, they do, they do use some Comanche language in the film. But yeah, so they've used Comanche in other places. So I, I can see your point of view. Like I said, it didn't affect my viewing of it. So I, I could, but I, I, I do see where you're coming from. Okay. There was no What's Around the River Bend, which I really think the film would have benefited from, which is a musical number from Pocahontas audience if you haven't watched the movie. I, and I won't cut in any of that because I don't want Disney to come and say your podcast is not, not happening because you used a millisecond of one of our songs. So we're getting a, a sense that, that Naru... Oh, let me back up a little bit, audience. So dedicated to period authenticity was uh, Dan Trachtenberg, except of course for the English, that he he went and got a dog that was pretty period perfect. Coco okay. plays Sari, which is Amber's, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Naru's constant companion. And she is a Carolina dog. That's the name of the breed. Uh, also known as the American Dingo. Probably one of the oldest lineages of dog and not even well domesticated that exists on, on the continent, on, on, on the North American continent. And it probably, its ancestors are, are pretty basal in terms of domesticated dogs. It probably came over with the first peoples, you know, when they crossed the Bering Land Bridge way back in the day. So this is an ancient okay. species of dog, the Carolina dog. Most of them are wild in, in the South, in the American South, I think. And according to Amber Midthunder, Coco was a hot mess, I guess, on set. But now mileage is going to vary, but Coco does a great job in the finished product. I mean, I think that the dog does looks great on, on film. Yeah. Her buddy. And so I think in the early scenes, sorry, audience, we're, we're, we're taking our time here, but I think the first scenes we see her trying to hunt for the first time mm -hmm. and she and, and uh, Adi chase after an elk and her weapon of choice and audience, I got to tell you, this makes me so happy. Her weapon of choice is a tomahawk. And I yeah. recently well not recently a few years ago audience i got way into tomahawk fighting and the reason i got into tomahawk fighting audience is because this is the quintessential american weapon it has been in the tomahawk of course begins with the native americans but it has been in every american war that um, um, that has that we've ever had soldiers to this day carry tomahawks uh, in, in special forces but of course you see tomahawk work in Mel Gibson's The Patriot, kind of garbage historically, I think, but we see some tomahawk work in that, period accurate. Uh, now, I, I say that historical garbage is what The Patriot is, but it's cinematic gold in terms of, of just being an entertaining film. It's not good history. It's not, no, no. But it is very similar to its sister film, Braveheart. Yes, 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 absolutely. Mel Gibson has never let history stop him from making a cinematic masterpiece. And that includes, you know, I mean, like, audience, I don't like The Passion of the Christ, but it is good movie making. But again, Mel Gibson is, will push the historical researchers off of his set pretty. Um, now, he he didn't direct The Patriot. No, 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 no. But but I think that he, he, he had something to do with the historians being pushed off the set, is what I'm saying. <laughs> But, you know, the Emmerichs also will push experts off the sets of their films pretty quickly. But the Tomahawk, quintessential American weapon, it, it's it's a very effective fighting tool, It's a but it's also a great tool on the trail. And Naru uses it both to forage and to hunt. And her, we, we can establish pretty quickly that her character, her character's problem is that she, does, she doesn't just want to be a gatherer for her yeah. tribe. She wants to also be one of the hunters. Yeah. 
and, and that she and that she devotes a lot of time trying to hone her own skills, you know, uh, hoping hoping to join in. And 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 she has a brother who is um, both supportive and dismissive at the same time. Yes, yes, uh, and, and I think that's fairly accurate to, to big brothers generally, especially yeah. big brothers who are protective of their little sisters. Now, interestingly, he plays her big brother, but she's the actress Amber Midthunder is actually two years older than. Okay. Uh, her big brother but they have a great chemistry as brother and sister uh now he a few years earlier had his his big uh moment his big tribal ceremonial moment where he had a, he survived a big hunt right and she wants to do that i can't remember what the term is for what it is that she wants to what what the ritual is for the comanche here it's it's a it's a it's a it's a key moment in the development of a hunter where they they hunt a big predator and Animal, right and survive and she doesn't quite understand what the, the 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 heart of this ritual is she thinks it's the kill early on but her mom when they're having a talk she's as they're preparing some healing solution for for a member of the tribe her mom's like that's it's you think it's about the kill but it's it's just you survive that's the that's the heart of the ritual you survive now her mom is a bit more not supportive she's just discouraging of this and, and in part because because Naru is, is so good at being a healer as well. She's 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 got big medicine, as they might say. I don't know, as as one might say in other films, right? Right. And so she has this other skill, but that's not what she really values about herself. She wants to be a hunter. So as we're seeing that happen, also in these early scenes, we see she sees what she thinks is Thunderbird, which is a Native American kind of mythical beast, and she thinks she's she's about to have her big hunt. She actually turns out to be right about her ketamine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but she says, I saw, she th she tells her brother, I saw a thunder. And he kind of thinks she's crazy as, as, as you, not crazy, but you know, he, he thinks she's probably misinterpreting something because anybody who tells you, this is my experience. If somebody comes up to me and says, I saw a thunderbird, whatever the equivalent of that is, I'm going to be like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's what you saw? And but she saw that, and that's the predator. That's the predator landing. That's the predator craft moving through the atmosphere. And yeah. we see it. We don't see it fully in this moment, but it gets dropped off on the planet, and we see just a little bit of its outline, and we see the cloak cloaking device ripple through it. Right. So, so all this is really effective. And so, while she's doing her thing, we see the predator getting acquainted with Earth. And what did you think of the predator's intro? Um, well, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because you know. So this is a predator movie that's kind of um i mean i mean even though movies uh on streaming services are like big budget movies like the kind of movies that you would see in the theater but at the same time you can't help but feel like that this is supposed to be like a made for cable movie or a made for tv movie but um very cinematic yeah. uh very much like what you would expect to see in the theater well, um i I've, I've heard various rumors that this was intended to be released on the big screen but there was I heard that too. I, I've heard that there was some, I've heard different things. I've heard there was some worry that the box office wouldn't be as big because of COVID worries still. There's still some people concerned about COVID. And then there's the new thing with monkeypox that a lot of people are kind of worried about. So there was some worry. That's one rumor I heard. And then the other rumor I heard, uh, read rather, is this was especially promulgated by the awful fanboys who hated this film before they ever saw it, who were like, well, it's just trash. So they just decided, so Disney decided to release it straight to Hulu. 
uh, because they didn't want to take a, a bath at the box office because it was trash. Now, I will say that whatever we, whatever our verdict becomes, the world doesn't think that this movie is trash because this was number one on Hulu when it was released. I mean, this film, by the <laughs> we go by today, this was a very successful film. And I think in another, if this had happened in non-COVID times, I think that they probably would have just released it on the big screen. And probably would uh, uh, in the in the post uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick universe, they probably they probably they probably would. I mean, I mean, I think that actually that's where we are now. I'm sure they made the decision to release this on a streaming service, you know, quite a while ago. Yeah. And uh, but th there are some it's early folks, but there are some signs that um, the theater might be coming back. I mean, certainly Top Gun Maverick is one of the most successful movies of all time. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's right. And so I think that, you know, had they seen that, they probably would have released this because I, you know, no, I think that I think that that helped people realize Maverick helped people realize that that people are ready to be back at the movies. And so so the effects are, are movie quality, you know, big screen quality. Quality, I think. And so we see the Predator, unlike in later films where they will attack only creatures that are able to, that are worthy of the hunt. This creature is killing all kinds of animals. Early on, it kills a rattlesnake. This is kind of a neat scene, and and and, and rattlesnake uh, attacks something, but then it sees the predator. And what I, what I liked about this is that a rattlesnake is a pit viper, and they can kind of see heat because of these pits in their in their face that see the world in a way that's very similar to the predator. So I thought it was kind of cool that, that the snake saw it uh, yeah. and for some reason attacked this giant heat signature. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that a real rattlesnake would necessarily do that. They're not they're not necessarily the most aggressive snakes in the world but but yeah we see that and we see the predator kill it but we see it all through the cloaking device so so it's not too gruesome but we see we see him like strip it pull its head off and pull the spine out for its trophy case right that's the first right. kill that we see well um i i actually when the scene started because it starts off with uh what is it a muskrat or whatever yeah. um rabbit it's a rabbit isn't it it's a rabbit it's a rabbit it, and then it's killed by the snake and it put me to mind of uh a film uh with max which i've talked to you about audience members might not be familiar with uh the naked prey which was a film from 1966 that is um that is also about a human being being hunted Ooh. but it, it if you watch the film the naked prey there's a lot um interspersed with the hunt of the of the human or uh, um there's a lot of animal hunting that takes place okay. uh in, you see all of these animals on the african savanna chasing each other and and you know, like actual footage of of predator and prey okay and so that this moment absolutely put me to mind of, uh, in fact, it kind of amused me because it's like, oh, oh this is like from the Naked Prey, you know, we've got this uh, a snake being the predator and and, and he, he gets his prey. Only only then the predator shows up and just kind of stops the entire cycle from from continuing, I guess. Yes. yes. So, 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 I, so I was kind of amused by that just because of the reference or what I took as a reference to that movie. I don't know if, if um, Dan Trachtenberg has ever seen The Naked Prey, but uh, that that's how I actually looked at that scene. No, it might have been. It might have been because it's a kind of an effective thing, kind of an effective way to foreshadow, even though we, we're well, well aware of what we're in for. That's okay. That's okay. We can have a little bit of that foreshadowing. So while that's going on, the Predator's getting acquainted with the world, this new world that he's in. 
one of the members of Naru's tribe has been attacked by a, a, a puma, a mountain lion. Yeah. And they send a, a war party or a hunting party led by Naru's brother, Tabe, goes out to, to get the to get this mountain lion. So Naru wants to go. Somebody says no, but you know already that there's no way Naru's not going to go. And I think by this point, has she has she crafted her fancy tomahawk with the rope attached to it by this point? Yes, yes. And audience, I will be trying to see if this can possibly work. I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in Naru has a tomahawk, which is great. But she's good at throwing, which is also uh, not an uncommon thing to do with a tomahawk. But she attaches a rope to it to make it retrievable, which is a great idea in principle. I don't know how it will work in practice, but I'm curious, so I'm going to try it. <laughs> So, and, and, you know, and, and, and I want to stop and, and go back to my earlier point about the gravity problems caused by the language, because actually the scenes, there's a, uh, there's a scene early in the movie where she's, uh, in fact, I think it's the first time we meet her when she's hunting with her, the dog and they're, and they're hunting the antelope yep. and she's tomahawk then and she's, she's throwing it. And that's, a, and that is a scene without dialogue. And then, and then later there's the scene where uh, she has, uh, you know, created the strap so that she can throw the tomahawk and then and then and then and then retrieve it uh because that was something i think that was a problem that she noticed that when she missed she had to go retrieve the tomahawk and she lost time so yeah. this she could get the tomahawk back to her and and make another throw or whatever Th these scenes are great and these scenes actually contain the kind of the kind of i'll just use the word the kind of gravity that i wanted from the film and i i just i felt like that a lot of times when the english language dialogue would start up it, it would take some of the air out of these spectacular little moments in fact and, and just saying that i mean i wouldn't want this film to be silent i would rather it be in comanche but it actually you know i guess what i'm describing reminds me audience max know what i'm talking about there was an early issue of gi joe that was done without dialogue it's a very famous issue all all people who loved you the gi joe comic book remember it you know it just had three characters in it and and it was just action scenes and all of the and, and i guess this would go along with the argument of, of putting it in Comanche and not even having the subtitles. But a lot of the a lot of the the physical action in this movie and the 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 uh, the location shooting and and just the the grim intensity of many of the scenes. This is not a movie that's really full of a lot of comedy. This is kind of a dark movie. It's very much a, a very dark an intense action movie and it is definitely serious and that is totally appropriate and, and as as you just pointed out the last predator movie perhaps made a mistake in 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 not being deathly serious this film is deathly serious I, I i just wanted to return to that for a moment i don't mean for it to be a backhanded compliment but 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 i do because i do mean it as a compliment mm -hmm. that um these scenes uh, uh with the tomahawk just the practicing are breathtaking absolutely and, and very effective and is actually the kind of feel that that really I I was looking for in this movie and 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 which I got a lot of as we went along I just wanted to kind of stop and linger on that previous point well it's interesting that you bring this up because it made me think of another film that is sort of in this wheelhouse of period piece there's a there's a really fascinating movie called the bear from 1988 and I just looked it up and it stars Chucky Caro but it doesn't really star Chucky Caro because he doesn't come up until the last, sort of like the French Hunters in this film, he doesn't come up until the last reel for the most part. And the movie is about this bear. And as you can imagine, the bears just speak bear 
for the film, for most of the film, right? And yeah. they don't speak English. And there's a lot to be said, I think, for this idea that maybe it should have just been in Comanche. Like I said, I, st I still enjoy the film. There is a lot to be said for just having done it in Comanche and not and not translated. That might have added a lot of gravity to the film, actually. And, I, and the more we talk about this, the more I like that idea of just doing it in Comanche and French. Yeah. And, and Yaucha, not that he has much, or she has much dialogue a day. I don't know. I don't want to assume anything. There's a lot to be said for that. And I'm kind of taken with this notion now that, because I think that, this is interesting, I think that the acting is so good that we wouldn't have needed a translation to know what the general outline was. Yeah. The, the, human, the human condition is such that we probably would have picked up that she wants to be a hunter, as well as whatever else it is that she is, without the dialogue. Without, I mean, without a translation. Yeah. I don't think for a big budget film like The Predator, that would have ever been anything that anybody would sign off on. But at least do that and give us subtitles. I think that might have been, yeah, I, I'm thinking of how great, like this movie would have maybe moved into a different strata. That, see, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Because actually, you know, just kind of reflecting on it. And I think it's the thing is that just to say again, the concept of this movie is, is, is brilliant. It's just, it's such a great idea I'm, to kind of depict the predator coming to earth during a more primitive time several hundred years ago. It's just such a great idea. But I do think it is the difference between kind of a, um, an art film and, and just a really, really solid action film. And I feel like that, that even though it might have been riskier, because we've talked about that, because wouldn't, would that have been risky to try to make a foreign language predator movie as an art piece i kind of in the middle of the movie i was kind of like you know i'd like to kind of watch this as though i'm i'm looking through a lens into the past and nothing's going to interpret it for me i'm just watching it i'm just watching what's on what is unfolding and i don't really have any way of kind of understanding what anyone's saying because if i really was there i wouldn't i would just be watching and seeing things unfold and 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 i don't know for some reason i think that that might actually you know, I think what you're getting at in terms of the physical acting whether it's hand motions whether it's you know, just getting the getting the gist of what the disagreements are um, which I do think that would be very easy yes it would have been challenging but it, it would have been very beautiful and I'll use that word it, it would have been really a beautiful thing we just talked a little bit about how we want our movies to be the same but also new at the same time and that would have been a really daring new way to take the film yeah and i sort of wish now that the more we've talked about it that 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 somebody would have seen the brilliance in that choice yes it would have been daring but i think in that daringness i think the film would have just would have been would have been a good weekend you know good opening week on hulu or wherever they had released it. But I think it would have been one of those films that grew in the minds of viewers. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that would have been a daring move. But anyway, before we continue, I'm gonna go refill my gin. Audience, I'm wearing a kilt tonight because it's so hot and I need the air. We don't have air conditioning in most of our house. And so I want you to know, audience, that I am bearing sticky temperatures in, in Lord Movie Studios for you. So 
Naru is dissuaded from joining the hunt, but she creeps up on her people and finds them very easily. And she is met with some resistance from everybody but her brother when she joins the hunt. And they're like, no, we're not, we don't need anybody to cook for us. Kind of rude. But Tabe is like, well, you know, she's actually a pretty good tracker. The implication is that she's a better tracker than they are, right? And he also says, when we find our friend, if he's alive, she's the best. Basically, he says she's the best medic we've got. Yeah. And he's going to need her medicine when we find him. And while they're hunting, do they find him or do they find another kill site they find piku i think that's the guy's name and am i right about this they find somebody or they find some prey item they find the rattlesnake okay okay oh they find a rattlesnake but something has driven the the mountain lion away from a kill and she's seen tracks that indicate yes. that there's yeah. something right right before she finds the rattlesnake so she yeah. she finds yeah. So that's the first time she sees that. Oh, and then she finds, when they find Piku, I think that's the guy's name, and she has to apply some medicine to Piku, and she warns Tabe at this site when they when they find their friend and he's all cut up, and she has to give the guy some uh, some medicine. She's like, what drove the mountain lion away? And yeah. But so Tabe immediately doesn't think alien monster. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not afraid of a bear. But, but this is where Naru reveals she doesn't think it's a bear. Right. You know, and he kind of discounts her. They come up with a plan to lure the mountain lion out and they find the mountain lion and she's in the tree about to have kind of a kind of a showdown with the mountain lion, but she she falls out of the tree and gets kind of not senseless. So, you know, her, her effort to join the hunt and get the mountain lion basically uh, fails and she's returned to the village. A little bit embarrassing for her. Oh, I want to back up a little bit. There's a moment where she emerges from the teepee in the first in the uh, not quite the opening scene, but a early scene so she's framed in a triangle as she emerges from the teepee and this triangle sort of reminds me of the sights of the laser cannon that that so the predator has a shoulder cannon and to sight in on something it emits these lasers uh that appear as three dots on a target but that those three dots form a triangle and it's i don't know if Trachtenberg intended on this or if he just thought this is a great way to frame uh naru from the from from the back she's emerging to go about her life but it's sort of a it sort of stood for me as this like metaphor for the fact that she's the target yeah yeah. you know and and it's a great shot but i also thought well Trachtenberg is doing something thematically for us here, you know. Uh, but anyway, she back to back to the moment where she's injured. She wants to go out. Tabe needs me, she says, and this is a bit of a harsh line from her mom, where she says, "If he needed you, he wouldn't have brought you back." Yeah. But mom has a lot of backhanded comments too because it's her medicine. It's ta- it's Naru's medicine that saved Piku. Right. You know. Anyway, she wakes up. There's a big celebration, and Tabe at first includes her in the kill. We did it. We did it. You know. We we got the mountain lion and she's like we didn't get it and he's sort of fed up with her a little bit at this point Tabe her brother and this goes back to that uh, entertaining her notions but also not being fully supportive right he's like you're right. right we didn't do it I did it well because what she meant is that they did not get the culprit that the mountain lion was not the really the one they were looking for it's kind of a jaws moment yeah they caught a shark not the shark that's right 
That's right. That's right. And I, I really do like Tabe and Naru's relationship. I think that they seem like a very authentic brother and sister. Yeah. We're both talented, who both have a lot of expectations thrust on them and are both trying to meet those expectations. They're not really competitive with each other, but they're, they are, they're struggling with the weight of those expectations. And I do think that the film depicts that very well. No, I, I agree with that. And it, and it occurred to me during the fight with the mountain lion, I did reveal, you know, to you in the audience, the, the, the biggest pause I you know or hesitation I have about the film the other one which turned out to be false I I, I gotta point that out what I'm about to say is not an actual flaw of the film but I was afraid it would be when when she faces off with the mountain lion and and kind of flubs it and is knocked unconscious I immediately thought okay she's gonna be the star of the movie she's going to be the one that eventually takes down the predator in the first film we see this these special forces all get eradicated by the predator i mean they, they're no match for it at all and that th- they 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 almost all get killed and here is naru who you know in in her first showdown against the mountain lion makes a mistake you know so you know which which was inexperience right yeah, yeah, yeah and so so i kind of thought okay that's good that they're depicting that because that's realistic because even though she's been practicing by herself she's been hunting antelope she's not been given the opportunity to do this yeah. so even though she has a lot of natural skill she doesn't have any experience and so this is a good depiction so i didn't have a problem with that problem i had was okay how is this film going to get us to the point where because you know i mean just before before the opening credits even role you know she's the hero you know that she's going to be the one to deliver the the kill blow to the to the predator um she will deliver what my jeet kundo instructor in richmond indiana once called i'm going to quote him directly here the coupe de grass <laughs> yeah well but but i these early scenes these scenes are not bad at all. No, no, no. But I don't know if you had this this question. Not a problem, but a question. I had a question in my mind. How in the hell are they going to have this character who this and this is not her first mistake. She makes several more. Yeah. How are they going to get her in a position where she can kill this thing and have us believe it? Now, spoiler, this film accomplishes that. Yes, yes. But at this point in the movie, I I I actually had a lot of reservations. Yeah, 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 I was very worried because about the direction they were going. Because even though she was being depicted very realistically because of her lack of experience, I, I, I just kind of felt, well, how's she going to be the one to pull it off? You know, because it's not really a Ripley and Alien situation. Yeah, you know, you're right. The, the alien goes around killing people, and 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 Ripley just has to rely on her on her instincts, and she also gets lucky a couple times as well. Yeah. But the alien. It, is wanting to kill everybody on the ship, but that's not its sole purpose. The predator is literally here to engage in this activity. Yeah. The predator wants to engage, you know, uh, all these life forms and, and beat them. So if she's making all of these mistakes and has all of these disadvantages, how is this film going to make that believable? So that was just something I wanted to kind of introduce in the conversation right here, well, because that was a, that was a doubt 
my mind here. The second time I saw the watch the film, I thought this is a really brilliant moment because it sets our, our hero behind the eight ball a little bit, right? Um, because and it's not the last one. Because no, 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 no. And I'm going to say something really quickly that I think is sort of important in, in thinking about survival situations and thinking about surviving a violent encounter, surviving an attack. You have to recognize you're in the shit. Yeah. And in some ways, this film echoes aliens. Too many people in space, the space marines, don't recognize they're in a very bad situation until it's so too late, right? Cockiness kills most of the people in Aliens, right? Yeah, yeah. And cockiness and disregarding Naru's warnings, her 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 Cassandra moments, yeah. gets a lot of people killed in this movie, right? It, it does it in different ways. I don't want to draw too many similarities because I don't think the films are actually very similar. There's no Paul Reiser, for one thing. But, you know, I think that that's one of the things that that certainly sells some of her survival later on is that her character accepts that there's a that there's a threat. Yeah. And and that's part of it. I think like a lot of people when you uh, audience, I, I've trained people in self-defense, I've trained in self-defense and, and for a long time. One of the things that you notice when you review people's survival and, 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 and not survival and these after action kinds of reviews is that the people who survive these things are the people who recognize that they're in danger sooner rather than later. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that Naru seems to have that some of her, her friends don't have. And and so so that was the thing that gave me hope after the mountain lion fiasco. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because because her character recognizes danger sooner than some of her compatriots. Y y yes. But, uh, you know, I really think that there's another quality. And I guess we can talk about it now because, well, I mean, she decides to go out again because yes. she's because she, because she she knows there's still something else out there. Yeah. And um, but, but she also goes out. She also goes out because I want to interrupt you. I'm sorry to do this. But she also goes out because people have rejected her quest to be a hunter. So this is her. She like. What do I do? Nobody in the tribe is going to help her become this person she wants to be. So she 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 skims through her Joseph Campbell and she goes on her own journey. She leaves the tribe for a little bit, right? Yeah, because and then she, um, you know, as the hero often does, she she actually makes a mistake. But see, this this is another moment that I kind of felt like that. Um, okay, I thought the film was going to depict that because you just mentioned that um, that she's possibly a better tracker than than the other warriors and i would say she's potentially better i i don't actually think that she is i mean obviously she recognized that the track was uh, not a bear and the other warriors made very flippant kind of assumptions and she didn't which is what you're talking about about knowing that she's in the shit but see i i zeroed in on something else because actually uh so she's she's in the woods and she ends up walking into quicksand yes when that moment happened i thought again well she didn't see that coming she doesn't know these woods like th that's not that's not good like if she doesn't know her environment how is she going to take on this predator later but i actually think and this will will continue to come back to this she's a she's an excellent warrior she's not better than her brother yep. and she may not be better than some of the others she's an excellent tracker and she may have the potential to be better than any of them but she isn't because she's inexperienced Naru's natural ability. 
she has an intuitive way of solving problems. Nice. Yes. And uh, because that because that that is that happens more than more than a few times in this movie where as do you to use your term she's behind the eight ball and she just she she sees how to get out of a situation. And in fact uh, there's a line later where she even kind of points out that uh, you know where she says that she's smarter than a beaver. Yeah. Uh, it really seems to me that the theme in this movie that there's these little moments where Naru sees things uh, technical solutions to dangerous problems that no one else sees she has this natural intuition that none of the none of the other warriors have and that the predator doesn't have either no it's so I'm, I'm kind of foreshadowing how I saw that the film solved my problem so the other thing too and I think that you might be able to speak to this more than I can but the thing about her psyche that that makes her particularly suited to survive this adventure is she's she has like she would score highly on adaptability because when she when she falls into the quicksand she doesn't panic yeah. She never panics, actually. In right. this film. And that's an interesting attribute. It is interesting that this film brings up quicksand or whatever the hell it is, because... I saw a nice meme many years ago that went like this and it said all the entertainment of my childhood led me to believe that quicksand was going to be a lot bigger problem for me than it turned out to be but she she lands in it but she she figures out a way out of it and this is also a, a neat moment for Dan Trachtenberg as a director because I thought this has happened after she has her predator encounter I think it does right yeah so earlier audience she encounters a bear right before this scene with the quicksand she she runs into a bear and she tries to she engages the bear with Saudi and it doesn't go well her she, she fails again inexperience it's a new situation she even has an interesting way to solve this because when it goes wrong she runs to the beaver dam which is a brilliant idea it would have worked with wolves, right? I don't think the wolves could have, could have broken into a beaver dam, but this is a big bear, and I want to I want to credit the CGI artist. It's a pretty good CGI bear. Yeah, yeah, you know. So she she gets to the beaver dam. The bear is breaking into the beaver dam, and then the bear has a fight with the predator. And I think this is a really good fight. What did you think of this scene? I'm sorry, we're getting we're backing up to pre quicksand, but I think it's important. Go ahead. No, no, I I um, the bear quits itself very well. <laughs> I, I Man, don't. the bear treated that predator like it was Leonardo DiCaprio for a little bit, you know? And, right, right. Revenant. This is the most physically pressed we have ever seen a predator. Yeah. Like, the predator almost, I, I mean, I don't know if it almost loses the fight because we can't see what happens because it's cloaked, but the bear thought it won. And I, you know, it, it looked bad for the predator. And the, the predator has a fist fight with the bear and it almost loses. It seems like to me. Yeah. No, uh, there was a brief moment. It's like, oh shit, that, <laughs> the predator lost. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was wondering if they were going to cue in a new predator. <laughs> like, you know, Bob, Bob, predator Bob didn't make it. So there's a great scene, but the predator pulls it out. But that's when Naru realizes that there's something else out there. She doesn't question what she's seen. She just realizes it's very dangerous and she escapes and then she makes it ends up in the quicksand and then gets out of the quicksand. Now, what I thought was really clever for Dan Trachtenberg as a director was I was worried 
the scene is so well set up to make us think that they're going to duplicate the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger lands in the water, drags himself through the mud, and is hidden from the Predator, right? Right. And I thought, okay, this would be a nice fan service moment, but fans are too sophisticated for this moment now. Yeah. And Dan Trachtenberg bypasses it, and it doesn't happen. And I thought, that was a good move, Dan Trachtenberg. Thank you for not revisiting that scene. Yeah. But also thank you for making me think you were going to take the low road. I, I thought it was a nice move. No, no, I totally agree. And But she gets herself out of that situation with the tomahawk. It comes very close to not making it out, but she stays calm and gets out. Now, this place will pop up again, right? Yes, yes. And what happens next? Uh she's is she going to go back to the tribe and warn them i can't remember yeah um but but she runs into um a search party that was sent out to find her right and that's when the predator attacks now this is a good scene too so her her brother sent out some friends of hers some some friends of theirs to pick her up and this is where we see she's a pretty capable fighter too because she resists being taken back yeah and she does she quits herself pretty well but you know you you know five on one is it's it's tough odds unless you're Jackie Chan but the fighting is all very realistic I think it's all very well done she gets caught by them and she's trying to warn them that there's something dangerous out there and they don't listen to her and then the predator attacks yeah and uh what did you think of this scene oh well I mean it, it was kind of kind of horrific because yeah. uh yeah, I mean, in this movie, every time the Predator attacks a a, a group of warriors, um, it doesn't go well for them. No, no. These guys give it the old college try, but uh, they don't. They don't. They don't do very well. She frees herself. What's kind of sad about this too is, even though these guys have been kind of rude to her, they're part of her tribe. She doesn't hate them. They don't hate her. They're all exasperated with each other. And but these people all get killed pretty brutally. And she escapes only to be trapped by only to end up in a French trapper's trap, I guess. Right. Yeah. Now, what I want to say about this is that I guess in, in some of my reading today, there is this idea. And I think that Trachtenberg sort of stole this scene a little bit from Dances with Wolves, where she happens upon all these bison that have been killed without anything other than their skins and horns being taken away. But I guess the French trappers in this region, for lack of a better term, and I don't know what you would call this, kind of went native. Yeah. And they didn't actually behave this badly at this time period. They were pretty much, they hadn't gone like completely, but they were pretty friendly with Native Americans. They were, you might know more about this. You're a historian here. Well, I mean, I, I see you might have done more research than me today, but I, I, I tried. I did try because I, I was a little skeptical about this depiction because in, in everything that I've ever read, the French had were much, um, much more friendly with the native population than either the English or the Sp or Spanish or the Dutch, for that matter. Yeah. Part of the, and most of that is because the French were just less interested in in making permanent. They were more interested in 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 trading yeah. and fur trapping. And that was not something that 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 any of the tribes really frowned upon. I mean, yeah. they. I have always read that they were very friendly with French. So yeah. this was something that kind of was not something that I had ever stumbled onto. So I tried to find some evidence that there were these confrontations between the French and, I guess, in this case, the Comanche. Yeah. 
and I couldn't I couldn't find anything. Yeah, from yeah, from what I read, it was it was it was just not this was not the the confrontation. Now, and I think also, and you might be able to speak to to more to this than I can. The French and Indian War, for instance. I mean, there were a lot of Native American tribes that were fighting with the French. They were friendly with the French. Yeah. Because the, the French and Indian War is is French and Native Americans versus English and Native Americans. I think. Right. You know? Right. Um, right. It, it's, it's a much more complicated fight than than the the title of the war would indicate and that there were these really strange alliances so yeah i thought this was sort of borrowed a little bit from the the dances the westward expansion being grizzly which was more historically accurate in that in that context but that's 100 years later or more yeah and yeah so, more and it's, it, it is much different historical context in that time when uh i guess lieutenant dunbar Dunbar and the Sioux find that just slaughtered bison. And so, yeah, so this, this scene isn't exactly historically accurate. I guess it works cinematically. They sort of pulled a Roland Emmerich, Mel Gibson approach here. But yeah, I, I, I think that the film, for the sake of brevity, elected to not be complex here. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's actually a problem. It was odd to me. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I like that they actually did enough research to, to recognize that the French still own that territory yes 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 yeah no, and, and that works. And yeah, so not exactly historically accurate in these moments, but they don't want to make it too easy for our hero, I suppose. For her to land in the in the in the in the camp of kind of friends wouldn't have helped the drama, right? Right. So she she lands among these French hunter trappers who aren't entirely kind. And it's interesting though, she gets caught in one of their traps and the predator catches up to her, but sees that she's trapped doesn't have any doesn't have easy access to her weapons and leaves and I, and okay so i have few complaints so few that i can enumerate them i only have three issues with this movie and two i've already stated and one of which was was resolved in the final act as i said my last issue is what you just said i do not buy that predator would have killed her you think so and i'll tell you why okay why would it not see her as a threat? It killed a rattlesnake. The bison were not a threat. It, it, it's not in keeping with the motivation of the predator. Now, let me counter-argue. This is a technology. She's caught by something that she's clearly frustrated by. This this creature is advanced enough to know about trapping. It's, it's advanced enough to make these connections. I contend that it might have let her go because she was caught in a trap that he didn't set or she didn't set and elected not to kill her then, knowing that it might kill her later. All right. Now I can buy that, but that's not what she says. Okay. She- it does not see me as a threat. Oh, okay, okay. In other words, she's implying that he has dismissed her as a real warrior. That's how I read that. Okay, well... And the reason I read it that way is because that's literally what she says. Yeah, yeah. Like, she does I mean, if it was just because she was in the trap, then her character would have said, well, I didn't have a fighting chance, and he's got to have the thrill of the hunt or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's she says she says oh well he doesn't see me as a threat but but see here's the problem we in already watching this movie none of these people are threats none yeah. really none of them are threats 
all of the attempts of these warriors to battle him not only fail but are laughable. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. So, so far, the bear has been the only thing that that put. Yes, him this is my smallest complaint, but this is my last complaint. I I did not buy that. Okay, I do okay. not. I do not think the predator would have had that perspective. He would have killed her just to kill her. Well, because he doesn't understand what's a real threat, what's not a real threat at this moment. Like the snake, you're right. I I think that that's. I think that might have worked. A, they, they, the, the script writers and the director might have spent a little more time here to establish that some other rationale for it. Now, I can, I don't mind that she didn't get the rationale right um, because she doesn't know anything about these creatures. Nobody knows anything about these creatures. You can, you can misinterpret their actions. That's fine. But I think that you're, you're making a, a more important character point about the predator in this moment because it doesn't know what the great hunt is, and right. so it's just, it's just collecting trophies. Trophies, getting the lay of the land, right? Yeah, and 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 a lot of these trophies are are not even are not even worth the harvest. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean that that rattles that the, the rattlesnake was not a true threat. Yeah. And also, I mean, let's go back to the original Predator movie. I mean, he, he was willing to kill everybody. I now I think that a, a better way to depict it would be that he was toying with her. Yes. Uh, yes. No, I mean, uh, in fact, I, I just kind of had a memory. It's been a long time since I read The Most Dangerous Game, mm-hmm. but I seem to recall that in The Most Dangerous Game, the hunter who's hunting the the, the guy has him dead to rights a couple times. Yeah. And just kind of grins like you are so. Well, actually, I would go with what you just said, that I'll kill you later. There's no hurry, that kind of thing. And so, okay, I I actually, you know, just after what you said, I'm kind of talking myself into maybe that's the actual motivation, but she's just giving her own interpretation that, well, he doesn't see as a threat, but actually he's, he's just he's just thinking he can toy with her, but he's not going to leave her alone. Like, he's not going to ignore her, right? The other thought I had, too, in this moment, was this happened so i had this thought the second time i watched it that one of the reasons why he might have let her live is because this is a trap obviously she didn't make and it caught her and so the predator wants to see who made this trap and maybe they're a worthy hunt and so and it turns out they're not (laughs) right but but it is a great action scene. So this is the next action beat. They catch her, tries to talk to them. They try. They don't really try and talk to her. They knock her out, and she wakes up imprisoned by these bad guys. And and we go to my language pet peeve, where we have a Frenchman who knows Comanche, and he he expresses Comanche by speaking English. Yes, yes, yes. No. I had a little problem with that too, but but so see so they have a little uh, conversation, not much of one, and there's a really beard man is a really aggressive guy in this camp, and he doesn't like her immediately, and I don't remember what it is. I mean, does he will just want to kill her? I don't know what he wants to do with Naru, but she tries to warn them a little bit because I guess they've had some problems with this predator too, right? They're hunting because the guy speaking English slash Comanche says to her, you know, you should be helping us. Yeah, because because they literally are hunting the predator themselves, which is a, which is a tough sell when you've got somebody tied up. You should be helping. <laughs> She's unconvinced by their the, by his case that they're on the same side, which I would be as well. Yeah. But shortly thereafter, they are attacked by the predator, and this is one of the good. This is a this is a great action beat where 
the predator is just just lays waste to these Frenchmen, right? Right. And and it's pretty good. And, and she escapes during this scene. And I think she escapes, right? Uh, or does her brother come help her? I can't remember. Wait, you did skip something. They 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 have her brother captive, and okay. then they uh, they tie them together. Uh, in the oh, that's Jones right. And Mary oh, that's Raven. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, audience. I'm into my cups here. It's a gin and tonic night, and I have not gone easy on myself. <laughs> and so, so the, you know, they catch her brother, and they tie them to a tree, and she figures out how to escape. They've got like a bunch of bear traps around them, the bear snap traps, I think. Right, and that's when she gives yeah. a little talk about like how a bear uh, animal gets trapped in a trap and it chews its own leg off. Uh, the beaver yeah. chews its own leg off to to get out of the bad situation, and she sees one of these traps by her and she's starting to lower her hand it looks like she's lowering her hand into the trap and i thought you know for a second she was gonna handicap herself here you know she was gonna cut off one of her hands and her brother thought that too tabe has this really great moment what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing he's going along because she's the smarter of the two or at least if not the smarter she's she has that mind you're talking about that that adaptive and, and yeah and she sets off the trap but uses the trap to cut through their bindings and that's when she says that great line, but I'm smarter than a beaver. Yeah. And they start to make their escape, but at the same time, the predator is laying waste to their captors. Uh, now, is it, is it in this scene that, that, that Tabe dies? Is it, is it in this beat? Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. Not quite yet. Um, he, he goes off because he he, he he says he has to get a horse. Okay. Well, because that's right. they're going to escape, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but then she runs into the 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 Frenchman that speaks Comanche by speaking English with a French accent. Yes, and, yes, yes. And he wants help, right? So yeah, so so um he's he's injured badly. Back and he's missing a foot. The Frenchman who speaks Comanche by speaking English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Naru is obviously skeptical of this guy. She doesn't really want to help him. She's been mistreated by his band to get her over the hump of her skepticism, the Frenchman who speaks Comanche by speaking English says to her, look, help me and I'll teach you how to use my flintlock. And that sort of provides the inducement to get Naru to help him. And he does hold up his end of the bargain. He teaches her how to use the flintlock. And, and so she does treat his leg. He's in a lot of pain. Yeah. And she gives him yeah. a medicine that we've, we've, we've established earlier, lowers the body temperature. Yeah. And where she figures out how the predator sees things, maybe a little bit. Yes. And but that medicine brings his temperature down. He's very cold. He talks about how he's cold. He feels cold. And when the predator comes into the camp and does the predator, the beard guy is still alive at this point, right? Or no, he pops up later. The beard guy pops up later. He runs. She runs into him later when the predator's not around, and then uh, that's almost like a subplot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I, you know, I have to say because you know we're just about to enter the third act of the of the film, and and this is the best act of the film. Yeah, this is where everything. This movie does a great job of bringing everything together. You mentioned the quicksand earlier. The uh, uh, the medicine, her intuition, her her intuitive ability to solve problems which basically solves the problem i mean uh, you know her, her intuitive ability to solve problems uh, is basically how dan trachtenberg solved the problem of how he was going to make believable that she could kill this thing absolutely absolutely and she gets a tool here just as the third axe building and she gets two tools knowledge and the flintlock so the predator is trying to find this last 
Frenchman and he can't find him because he can't really see him very well. And she she learns that 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 trick of the predators. And then the predator does end up seeing the guy, I think, because he moves. Mm, yeah. And, and and then he goes out pretty hard. You know, that that was hard to f- to figure out. Uh, because I mean, actually, uh, it happened so fast that that it was almost like when he killed him, I was like, Oh, well, that ruined her ability to figure out, you know how he sees things but actually uh, the creature the, the the predator steps on him okay and he reacts because he wisely chose to play dead and yeah. so if the predator had never touched him because because the predator doesn't see him so i think he accidentally steps on him. okay so if if that hadn't happened he he would have survived okay okay yeah i couldn't I, yeah i i don't know if i i don't i don't think i caught that i like that he plays dead even though his his acting effort is totally lost on the predator who doesn't even know that he's there <laughs> that's true that's true but it it works as it turns out uh at least until he gets tripped on or stepped on yeah and that's when tabe appears uh, with the horse they don't quite make it away Top, um no because tabe basically Say okay, Tabe goes into that attack knowing he's going to die. Well, he he so that I something happens and I can't remember exactly what it is, but he basically says to her, "You're going to be the one to beat this thing because he yes. doesn't have the, he doesn't have the mind to figure it out. He realizes, and I guess in the Comanche version, he says something about like this is the end of his long red road. Right. It ends here, and so he's already he's already injured, right? Or no, he's, he's not. Yeah, but now um, he equips himself very well. Oh, he... He comes the closest after the bear. Yes, yes. He does a great job... To actually sealing the deal. And also, it's interesting, too, because I guess in this moment where the Predator goes into cloak mode, in Comanche, he calls the Predator a cheater. Oh, wow. And That's That's the scene they're talking about. Yeah, and so... But he he does the best job of... I mean, he wounds the Predator very badly. He he stabs him, like, through the neck. Oh, he... I mean, he... he, uh, Yeah. He lays it on the predator. Um, and I think it's in this, is it in this scene too that she gets the mask? Or does that happen later? It, it might. No, 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 not yet. Okay. Um, so, so not yet, but- not yet, not yet because it's after, it's after she runs into the Frenchman. Okay. Um, but, but in fact, you know, Tabe, some, um, when, when he, uh, flips off the horse and kind of takes his spear and, dr- and drives it down. Yes through the neck or the shoulder or whatever it, it, it and it's kind of a long shot and i kind of thought it looked like a death blow like it really he he um he almost got the job done but he dies yes and and he dies yeah and she gets away which again makes makes one assume that the predator is just doesn't see her as a threat and is ignoring her and i repeat again that doesn't make any sense at all well, i i don't know that it's, if it's that that is the case but he's dealing with tabe and yeah. the other thing too though is that like there were times in Predator where the Predator could have taken out Arnold but the Predator sort of recognizes I think that this guy this person is the great hunt of my journey okay now that's something I have I, to I, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let that go I think I think that you convinced me of that and and so but she gets away and she has the flintlock and she's starting to formulate her plan uh, though she's of course crestfallen because her brother just died in in, in pretty grisly way 
but came the closest to injuring him. So by the time the Predator meets her, he's pretty injured, right? He got shot a few times by the French hunters. He, mm. he he's, he's, of course, probably sporting injuries from that bear. That bear didn't go easy on him. And even a few of her warrior friends scored a couple of hits, I think, on him. So he's this Predator is pretty battle-scarred by the time it gets to her, and they have yeah. their final battle. So she she takes the medicine, right? She's she's crafting her, her battle yeah. and goes back to the quicksand area to have well, her final first, first she does well first she does use the pistol because she amb- she ambushes the Frenchman and tortures him basically yes that's right so so she she ambushes big beard or beard man or evil beard and she's taking the medicine by this point so her body is colder now and the predator can't see her and I tell you what this is Amber mid thunders epic scene because she's she has a long talk with evil beard man right yeah. he doesn't understand anything she's saying she's talking for herself yeah. there's this element of psyching herself up for the battle to come i love this scene because she basically says you know he didn't expect this he won't expect me he doesn't see me coming he he's like what did you i think he's she's trapped the beard man or somehow what are you doing to me and she's like i'm killing you and you don't realize it. she's trapped him basically and this is a great line she's i'm killing you and you don't even realize it just the way this monster won't realize i'm killing him she's setting this big trap and this, this frenchman screams and annoyance are are basically serving the function of arnold's scream in predator to draw this this creature in yeah yeah she fumbles with the flintlock she hasn't quite mastered it but she she does manage to score the hit she needs and she gets the mask off the predator right yeah which which i you know i want to say that um you know to kind of go back to her problem solving ability when his name's Raphael that gives her the uh flintlock pistol when he gives it to her and shows her how to use it i thought well <laughs> What the hell good is that going to do? Yeah. You know, so her character has this vision for what she can do that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see this, this clever ending coming. I guess that's what I'm getting at is that no. this is all uh, planned, plotted and, and just how all these different things that she's run into in her little adventure and that she's, she's put them all together and realizes how she can, how she can top him. Yeah. yeah. So she shoots, she shoots off the mask and then, and then disappears again. I'm not even sure if I realized even here what she was doing, that the mask actually contains the targeting device. Yes. Uh, she, that I didn't. And I've seen the, I've seen the other movies. <laughs> yes. This is the big gamble that she plays. And I think, so she, she, so now she becomes the bait for the trap. This is a really clever and daring moment for Naru. So she has hidden the mask. To, to target him. He doesn't yeah. realize the predator. And he still has some of his, like, he's got like a spear or some kind of projectile weapon that uh, follows the target. So she sets herself up as bait. She does use a classic line from the first film where she says, or the predator uh, finds her in the quicksand. Almost, she almost gets him with the quicksand, but he's taller than, like, his feet find the ground, it seems like, yeah. and he's yeah. able to stand up. But he's close enough to her that this is a dangerous move. I think that she didn't 
like as smart as she is, as great as her plan is, there's no guarantee that she walks away from this one because she gets hit by the spear, right? Yeah, yeah. And but she says, "Do it, do it now." And that's kind of his moment. I did enjoy that, even though we'd seen Arnold do it, and it's hard to top Arnold. Uh, she at least didn't try and do an Austrian accent, which might have been a bit much. Might have been a Shane Black too much tongue in cheek. She gets hit with this spear. It goes through her and then follows the signal right back to the predator, who realizes too late that he's been he's been bagged. Yeah. And I I mean I thought this was a great moment. I really liked I liked the the way the character's bravery is depicted here. And you know to the extent that the the, the uh, actor Dane De Liegro can do good acting here, he does a great job of doing that that Willem Dafoe oh from from Spider Man the 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 first Spider Man yeah movie, when he realizes he's 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 done and yeah and I mean takes it as well as he could. So she's hurt, but she makes her way back to the tribe with the head of the predator sort of duplicating Tabe's return with the mountain lion head. We've won, the tribe is protected. And she hands the flintlock to her mother. Now audience, I was probably one of the five people who caught this. This is the flintlock that the predator gives Danny Glover at the end of Predator 2. So this makes me very worried for Naru because they get that, they get that flintlock. Oh, okay. And so, so it's the same name. It's the thing that the the Predator tosses to Danny Glover at the end of Predator 2 after he kills the Predator he's fought also cutting off the Predator's arm with one of its own weapons. And all the Predators walk out and Danny Glover has the great line where he says, well, all right, who's next? <laughs> and and this old Predator pulls out this flintlock and tosses it to Danny Glover and it says 17, whatever the year is in this movie. But it's the it's the through line between these films in some ways. Yeah. And so I, I thought it was a nice touch. It it, give us, it gave us a little establishment of where this, this flintlock comes from. But I have to tell you, I worry about Naru does she does she end up dying and the predator getting this in in some later adventure you know so but anyway that's the end of the film guys she says we gotta watch out for these things or something and then roll credits yeah uh so audience what do you think of the score uh I thought the score was very effective I think I I you know I caught some hints of some you know kind of sci-fi type feel to the music but for the most part you know it 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 had a lot of tension to it I, I I found it to be very effective and it moved well with the action scenes. There was this interesting uh, percussive quality to it that sort of seemed to be incorporating like Native American musical stuff yeah, into the into definitely. the Predator theme and I thought yes. that was really effective. We sort of saw something similar with the score to Ombre where it incorporated, you know, Native American mm-hmm. musical themes into this and I, I mean I thought it was a very clever score myself. Beyond that I don't know that there's much to say about the film. I wanted to I guess we can go to the verdict. I'll let you have the verdict, Jason, the first verdict, and then I'll... Yeah. So, 3-2-1 verdict. Uh, okay. Prey from uh, 2022. As, as as everyone has just heard, early on in this movie, I, I was a little unsettled by some of the elements, specifically the the uh, the English language. The film would have had a lot more bite to it if, if uh, or a lot more gravity was the word, I guess, that we decided, uh, decided on, if it had been filmed in Comanche with... Um, 
subtitles uh, and then French in subtitles. I, I really think that that would have made this, given this film uh, more weight. And then, and then I also mentioned some of my other issues with the movie, but I think one of the virtues of this movie is that by the, by the third act, I realized that I should have sat back and allowed the movie to unfold and not try to figure out the movie because I don't have the intuitive ability of Naru to solve problems apparently because really the film the, the the film ends very strong demonstrates that a lot of my questions in the rest of the movie were really were really unnecessary it's a good solid very very violent but uh, uh action movie that is paced well and really pays off in the end i i have heard people talk about it being a great film and i i i would hold back on that because i i do think this film could have been even better but i would say that it, it is without a doubt the best of the predator sequels and it definitely deserves a solid recommendation i i agree so this is my verdict and of course it's going to be fairly similar to jason's but i want to highlight something that the atlantic talked about that i also really appreciated about this film and it dovetails a little bit with my ideas about the film the stakes were smaller scale than a lot of our summer blockbusters it's about family it's about preserving your tribe it's not the stakes aren't like a marvel film where the the galaxy is at stake or even sometimes the universe right it's this kind of small scale drama that is something Sometimes missing from big budget sci-fi thrillers and, and 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 that's something to kind of comment on and say you know there's room for this kind of smaller scale sort of ant-man first ant-man movie scale yeah. films i guess and if we're going to use the mcu as our standard here in an ant-man unit is is where this lands and 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 that's worth that's worth championing and and having films like that it doesn't always have to be about saving the universe now for me i i really didn't have any problems with the film this is my this is the second best predator film that has ever been made and is a worthy entry into the predator canon right and for me audience that canon is is prey predator and predator 2 that's the that's i think the trilogy worth emulating right in the predator films in that order i mean no 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 no. i'm just saying that i'm, I'm just listening to them chronologically okay. of, of course the first of course the best first film is predator predators the, the the we wouldn't be talking about this if predator wasn't so good 35 years ago right okay. um, and so but prey is i think the second best predator film predators gets an honorable mention the predator is a fun film but i don't it's not quite it's it's not as bad as alien 4 which i also like but for i mean i i i accept all of the flaws of alien 4. Uh, it's a, they're flawed films predator the predator is a flawed film but i really just liked everything about all the characters in in prey i i was taken by the setting i was taken by the location shooting i was taken by the hero and her dog and there was never a moment in the when I was watching this film where I wasn't enjoying myself, even when I had, would have questions about the film. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing to have in a film where you're not like, well, eh. now having said all that, I do kind of lament that we didn't get the Comanche French only. Uh, Jason's really convinced me that Trachtenberg missed out on having a film that might've been the equal of Predator in just saying, you know what, this is a period piece. We're going to do period dialogue. And I, I mean, probably they would have had to have subtitles for that. But I am envisioning this almost art house 
film that transcends all these boundaries. And I think Trachtenberg missed an opportunity to craft, like you said, a great movie. Instead, he he uh, he and his team and the cast have turned out a very good summer sci-fi film. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. But they they you know, they they missed greatness by not much. Right. Yeah. And so I would go with that. But 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 super solid. Super solid. And so audience, I don't know what we're doing next week. I think we're gonna we're gonna tackle sudden impact. Uh I don't think any of my co-hosts or even myself are really excited about sudden sudden impact, but uh already watched it. Oh okay, okay, okay. Okay, so I I I, I haven't been excited about it, but but we will we will tackle we will get back to Harry Callahan and his ravaging of uh, San Francisco law next week. We've got some fun, exciting Halloween plans for you. Jason and I like Halloween season. So this is what are going to be our third Halloween season with the audience. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So until next week, guys, you know what to do. Share us on all the things. If you subscribe to us through Apple, give us a five-star review. It helps people find us. Share us with all your friends. Share us on the Facebook, the Instagrams, the you know what to do. I can be reached at The Supper Test on Twitter. And that's all the news that's fit to print from Lord Movie Studios. Good night. night. And Jason, wave to you, even though it's a, it's a, it's a audio medium. Good night, everybody. Two, one, action. If it bleeds, you can kill it. All right. Let's try that again. In three, two, one. If it bleeds, you can kill it. All right, now, I want you to find your inner Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right? Okay. In three, two, one. If it bleeds, you can kill it. Why don't you point at the microphone with your voice? You keep looking that way. Sorry. It's all right. I'm just trying to... Do the thing he did. Okay. Oh, good, good point, good point. Well, here, turn the other way so that you can, like, uh, uh, so, yeah. So, now you can look at the microwave, so. In the microwave? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a microwave. All right. Three, two, one. If it bleeds, you can kill it. That's a good idea.